Good evening everyone and welcome to Sunday Night Local Live here at Family Church Waterlooville. Really glad you could join us tonight. It's um, a great opportunity to hear God's word. So um, yeah, I just want to especially welcome anybody who um, is not part of Family Church who's joined us tonight. Um, you are very, very welcome. And um, actually for, for you guys, perhaps um, what I'd just like to do is maybe just let you know uh, a little bit about the life of Family Church Waterlooville during the week. So um, on a Wednesday evening, we have our Connect group, which is brilliantly run by Mark and Margaret. Uh, they do a great job for us. And essentially they bring the, the, the message from Sunday through to Wednesday. And it gives us all a chance of just exploring God's word, exploring the message and actually um, helping us to grow in God's word. So that's a really, really important evening. And then Thursday evenings, we have two prayer groups. We have a seven o'clock prayer group, which is led by myself, and an eight o'clock prayer group, which is led by Tanya. Um, and again, a, a, an amazing opportunity to just lift our prayers up to, to our God. Um, you know, he hears us, he hears our prayers, and actually we also include uh, praise reports as well, because, you know, God does his miracles, God heals. And so we um, we thank the Lord for that as well. Uh, and then Sunday mornings, we have between 10 and 10.30, just some fellowship together, um, just prior to uh, Pastor Andy's message. Um, and that comes from Family Church Portsmouth. But we just get together for half an hour and just, um, yeah, just, you know, chat away, um, have a bit of fun as well before the, uh, the, the message. And um, it's just a lovely opportunity to get together. And um, clearly, because we can't meet at the moment, all these things are, are on Zoom. Um, but so if there's anybody who isn't part of Family Church at the moment and, you know, you'd like to join us because you would be very welcome. And it's a great time together. Um, please just go on to Family Church website, uh, ping us a message. And of course, somebody will respond and we would just love to for you to join us. Uh, it, it'll be great. I'm sure you'll enjoy it. And uh, of course, you'll hear a lot more about God's word. OK, so um, I'm just waiting a little while for any latecomers. So uh, we'll give it a little bit of just not too much longer now. But, um, uh, you know, we're, we're almost ready to to get going. So. Uh, make sure you've got tea and coffee, you've got your Bibles with you, you've got your notebooks um, and please take notes, take note of the scriptures so that we can, um, you can look at it, uh, you know, throughout the week and just remind yourself of what we've been talking about tonight. So I think we're ready to go. So um, let's do it. So here we are. Um, as you can see, Pastor Sandy and Pastor Chris are taking a very, very well-deserved break this weekend. They, um, they've been working hard over the last eight weeks, delivering the messages of Fruit of the Spirit. And um, we've had some great messages, haven't we? Absolutely brilliant. Um, lots to think about. Uh, and I don't know about you, and I hope you're, you feel the same, but I intend to revisit those messages as we go um, over the next few weeks and maybe the month of lockdown, for instance. Um, 
just give us an opportunity to reinforce that that message, those messages, and 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 you know what we've been given. So um, tonight, I'm going to deliver the fruit of the spirit on faithfulness. Okay, so I hope this blesses you. Um, it's a, an important word, as all scriptures and all word is in the Bible. So um, just open your hearts and open your ears and, and let's enjoy this. So we're going to start off, as we always do, with Galatians 5.22. And that's Galatians 5.22. And it says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness and self-control. Now, a couple of things to notice from the start is there is an S, a capital S in spirit. Now, that means this is of the Holy Spirit and it's really important to our faith. OK, the second thing is it's fruit of the spirit singular, not fruits of the spirits or fruits of the spirit. Um, it's singular. OK, so although there are nine fruit of the spirit, we mustn't isolate each of them. So we, for instance, can you have love without kindness and gentleness? And can you have faithfulness without joy and self-control? So they're all interlinked and we need to just um, remember that. OK. Now, it is difficult to display all these at the same time. So we need tenacity. We need perseverance and we need stickability. And we mustn't grow weary. So Galatians 6, 9, Galatians 6, 9 says, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will re reap a harvest if we do not give up. Now, faithfulness is used approximately 90 times in the Old Testament and approximately 50 times in the New Testament. And when God wants us to sit up and take notice, he uses repetition. And in this way, he shows us how important a message is. So we can take it that faithfulness is very important to God. And if we look up faithfulness in the dictionary, it tells us that faithfulness is the concept of unfailingly remaining loyal to someone or something and putting that loyalty into constant practice, regardless of extenuating circumstances. Now, in the New International Dictionary of the Bible, it says the following. Uh, just bear with me because this is a, a little bit wordy here. But faithfulness is an attribute or quality applied in the Bible to both God and man. And when used of God, it has in the Old Testament a twofold emphasis, referring first to his absolute reliability, firm consistency and complete freedom from arbitrariness or fickleness. Also to his steadfast love towards his people and his loyalty. And God is constant and true and in contrast to all that is not God. He's faithful in keeping his promises and therefore he's worthy of trust. He's unchangeable in his ethical nature. 
And God's faithfulness is usually connected with his gracious promises of salvation. How incredible is that? It's his gracious promises of salvation. Now, faithful men and women are dependable in fulfilling their responsibilities and in carrying out his word. And in the New Testament, there are frequent exhortations to faithfulness. It is a fruit of the spirit, as I've previously mentioned in Galatians 5.22. So just to reinforce a few things that I've mentioned there, faithfulness is an attribute of God. It's his absolute reliability and steadfast love towards his people. That's us. God is constant and true, faithful, unchangeable, and it's usually connected with his gracious promises of salvation. Wow, how incredible is that? That is our wonderful God. But faithfulness works both ways. That God is faithful to us is in absolutely no doubt. And Deuteronomy 7, 9, Deuteronomy 7, 9 says, Know therefore that your Lord, sorry, that the Lord is your God. He is the faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations. And to keep his commands, but equally Sorry, but equally, we must be faithful to God. Full stop there somewhere. Um, so John 14, 15, John 14, 15 says, If you love me, you will obey what I command. So it's God to us and us to God. And we need to yield to the Holy Spirit. So in order to be faithful to God, we need to obey his commands. And it's all in there. So we will do his will. And his, his word is truth. But interestingly, in order for God to be faithful to us, doesn't mean that he has to obey our commands. We can ask, but he's faithful to us because he knows what's best for us. We only think we do. So... The British missionary Hudson Taylor, who was the founder of the China Inland Mission, was asked to do a talk to a group at a school hall in Birmingham. And it was a particularly winter's night, dark, stormy, wet. And he got a call to say, don't bother coming because nobody's going to show up due to the weather. Hudson Taylor's response was no. I'm going to come. Even if only the doorkeeper shows up, I will be there. And in the event, less than a dozen people showed up. But, you know, of those dozen people, half of those people or their children became missionaries. And the other half became faithful supporters of the China Inland Mission for years to come. So Hudson Taylor could have said, Oh, OK, I won't bother then. If it's too wet, nobody's going to show up. What's the point? But he was faithful and God used him. And that's faithfulness in action. So how many times have we felt like not doing something or uh, just couldn't be bothered? You know, I know I have. I'm, I've been guilty of that myself. But did we miss something good? Did we, you know, what could God have done in our lives 
if we'd been faithful in that moment. So to be faithful is not a guarantee of success or indeed the need to worry about failure. But it is about doing God's will. And 1 Thessalonians 5.18, 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And God knows what the outcome of our faithfulness will be, because it's his plan. It's not mine, it's not yours, it's his plan. And in fact, your faithfulness may just be a stepping stone for somebody else to fulfil God's plan for their life. And 1 Corinthians 3.16, 1 Corinthians 3.16 says, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, and God made it grow. So we mustn't underestimate the greater plan and not believe it's all about us. Faithfulness is about obedience and trust, not what we may get out of being faithful. So let us think about some examples of faithful people in the Bible. Of course, there's a lot. But some examples. Noah, for example. Genesis 6.14. Genesis 6.14. And God told Noah, so make yourself an ark of cypress wood. And Genesis 6.22. Genesis 6.22. said, Noah did everything just as the Lord commanded him. And Genesis 7.5, Genesis 7.5, and Noah did all that the Lord commanded him. So the evidence of Noah's faithfulness is seen in his trusting God and being obedient to God's word. Um, you know, it wouldn't be surprising if, if Noah, when he was told by God to build an ark, thought, well, what a bizarre request. Why would I do that? But he didn't. He listened to God's word. He obeyed him. And that is faithfulness in action. So we go to Abraham. According to the Oxford Companion to the Bible, Abraham asked how God would make him a great nation when he was old and his wife was sterile. And Genesis 15, 6, Genesis 15, 6 says, Abraham believed the Lord and it was credited to him as righteousness. Abraham's willingness to trust in God and in this and other situations makes him a primary example of the biblical concept of faith. His willingness to believe and to obey God is the fulfilment of the covenant that God had made with him. And as we know, Abraham became Abraham since God said, I have made you the father of many nations. And in Genesis 22:17, Genesis 22:17, it says, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies and through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. And that's faithfulness in action. And Moses showed his faithfulness many times in his life by leaving the palace in Egypt, leading his people out of slavery, 
crossing the Red Sea when the waters parted to allow them to cross, and finally leading his people to the promised land. Even though God had said to him, you will see the promised land, but you'll never cross into it. And that's faithfulness in action. And Elijah was used to speak for God, but also to confront false prophets of the day. He drew his strength from the Lord to stand in the midst of a wicked generation. And that's faithfulness in action. And finally, there's Paul. Well, there are many examples of Paul's faithfulness. Um, even when he was in prison in chains, 2 Timothy 1.15, 2 Timothy 1.15 says, you know that everyone in the province of Asia has deserted me. And yet, despite that isolation, Paul remained faithful. And 2 Timothy 1.11-14, 2 Timothy 1.11-14 says, and of this gospel, I was appointed a herald and an apostle and a teacher. That's why I'm suffering as I am. Yet this is no cause for shame because I know whom I have believed. And I'm convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until that day. What you heard from me keep as the pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. And that's faithfulness in action. Of course, there are many more people of faithfulness in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. But before we explore faithfulness a little further, I just want to touch on unfaithfulness because we see many examples of that, of course, in the Bible as well. There is, of course, the Israelites' unfaithfulness. You know, they wandered through the desert in the wilderness for 40 years because of their unfaithfulness. God would have led them to the promised land much sooner if it hadn't been for that unfaithfulness. And the incident with the golden calf is a good example. Exodus 32.1, Exodus 32.1 says... When the people saw, Moses, saw that Moses was so long in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said, come on, make us gods who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses, who brought us up out of Egypt, we don't know what's happened to him. Well, you can read the rest of Exodus 32 and see what disaster befalls the Israelites because of their unfaithfulness. And we can remind ourselves at this point that one of the fruit of the spirit is self-control. They didn't exhibit much of that, did they, while Moses was speaking to God? And Jesus rebuked the Pharisees for their unfaithfulness because their faith was from a legalistic viewpoint. And Matthew 23, 23, Matthew 23, 23 says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees. You hypocrites, you give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill and cumin, but you've neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy and faithfulness. And of course, the most perfect example of faithfulness is our Lord Jesus Christ. But for us, for, for you, for me, 
course, sometimes faithfulness can be hard, can't it? Because it challenges us. It takes us out of our comfort zone. And we can fight it like Jonah did um, at first. And if we're really determined, we could miss out on what God has in store for us. Um, but it also means we fail to grow. So what prevents you and what prevents me from being faithful? Well, clearly there are several reasons, but I believe one of those reasons is fear. We fear because of how it makes us feel. Will we think we failed? Will we look silly in other people's eyes? Now, I once had to give a presentation uh, to a group of people when I was a medical sales rep. And my product knowledge wasn't as good as it should have been. And albeit I was fairly new to the company, but I got asked a lot of questions at the end and I couldn't answer some of them. And it just made me feel deflated and embarrassed. So I vowed after that, that I would know my products inside out. And sometime later, I was asked to do a presentation to about 200 people. And every question they asked, I could answer. It made me feel elated and it gave me confidence. But why should you want to know that? Well, because the more we become confident in God's word, we will become more faithful. We will obey his word. And this will, of course, lead to greater faithfulness in him. And that very well-known scripture, 2 Timothy 3, 16 to 17, 2 Timothy 3, 16 to 17, says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And Joshua 1.8, Joshua 1.8 says, Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. So 2 Timothy, sorry, 2 Timothy tells us that knowing God's word will equip us for every good work and Joshua that will be prosperous and successful. But that doesn't mean kind of richer in financial terms, but it means we will be richer in knowing God and thereby we will do his will without fear. Because every time we're faithful, we'll grow. And God will give us opportunities by trusting us with a little first. How will we, will we, sorry, how will we react? Will we be faithful? Because if we are, Luke 16.10, Luke 16.10 tells us that whoever can be trusted with very little will be trusted with very much. And Matthew 25, 23, Matthew 25, 23, it says, His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of the master. So faithfulness leads us to entering 
into the joy of the master. Come on, everyone. How incredible and beautiful is that? By being faithful to God, we will enter into his joy. And that is eternity with the Lord. Wow. That is awesome. So how do we do this faithfulness thing? As I said earlier, we look to the word of God and we look to the example of faithfulness throughout the Bible. Those that I've mentioned, Moses, Abraham, Joshua, Paul, Peter, to name a few. And OK, we could say at this point, well, that's fine for them. They were chosen by God. But let me reassure you and let me reassure me. We are chosen by God. John fifteen sixteen. John fifteen sixteen says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go to bear fruit, fruit that will last. And that's Galatians 5.22 again. So God has chosen us and that, I don't know about you, that, that makes me feel incredible, absolutely fantastic. God loves us so much that he has chosen us to be his children. And God wants to do amazing things in our life. He's already equipped us with the Holy Spirit who gives us the power to be transformed. And he wants the best for us at all times and in every situation. Romans 8.28, Romans 8.28 says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God to them who are called according to his purpose. Jesus was called by God according to his purpose. So let's look at some examples of where Jesus was faithful, albeit we know his whole ministry was faithful and faithful in action. Luke 4.43, Luke 4.43, it says, or Jesus says, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also, because this is why I was sent. And Mark 1.38, Mark 1.38 says, let us go elsewhere to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. It's why I've come. And John 14.31, John 14.31 says, but he comes so that the world may know that I love the Father and do exactly what my Father has commanded me. Jesus was faithful to his father, even when he faced arrest and he knew the anguish and the pain that he would go through with his crucifixion. And Luke twenty two forty two, Luke twenty two forty two. this is just, this blows your mind. Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. What a fantastic, I'll repeat that because that is just fantastic. Luke twenty-two forty-two. Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. And in my opinion, one of the most faithful examples is that of Jesus and Peter. Now, Jesus knew that Peter would deny him. Matthew 26, 34, Matthew 26, 34 says, Truly, I tell you this very night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Peter must have thought, what's he talking about? I will never deny him. 
But look at Jesus' faithfulness to Peter, that despite knowing he was going to be disowned by Peter, he knew what Peter would become. And Matthew 16, 18, Matthew 16, 18. And I also say to you that you are Peter and upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Wow, what a promise. So God wants us to be faithful to him because faithfulness comes from a place of loyalty, obedience and trust. And being faithful to God impacts our life here on earth. It makes us realise we need a saviour and that we don't or can't control our own lives. God does. God has set the example by being faithful to us. And Lamentations 3, 23 to 20, sorry, 22 to 23. Lamentations 3, 22 to 23. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is our faithfulness. Mm. So we need to have a personal relationship with him because our faithfulness grows the more we grow. The Holy Spirit within us produces faithfulness. And as a result, we believe God is who he says he is and will do what he says he'll do. That is our assurance and indeed our reassurance. So in closing, we, we grow in faithfulness by turning to God, following him totally and trusting in his presence completely. He is always faithful. Deuteronomy 31.8, Deuteronomy 31.8 says, It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. Another great promise. Psalm 33, 4, Psalm 33, 4, for the word of the Lord is upright and all his work is done in faithfulness. And 1 John 1, 9, 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Wow. So let us be citizens of heaven and set our mind on the things above, choose to do what is right and is God-pleasing all the time, obey his word and love our neighbours in obedience to him. And finally, the words I want to hear when I finally meet Jesus, I want him to say to me, and I've mentioned the scripture earlier, it's Matthew 25, 23, well done, my good and faithful servant and I hope that's what you want to hear as well because do you know we will then have proved our faithfulness in action so I hope this has blessed you and may your faithfulness in our mighty God grow every day every week and every year have a truly blessed week guys and take care bye